What's up, everybody? Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Coffee Breakup. Starring Christian Vieira. <sighs> the best. And Marvin Schultz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, whatever, boo. <laughs> All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. So before we begin, as always, please remember to like the video down below, subscribe, and ring that notification bell. Follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. We got our own website. TheCoffeeBreakup.com. Check us out. Some merch, also iTunes and Spotify. Yes, if you're on the go and you can't watch us on uh, YouTube, please hit the link in the bio and you'll see that we are on Spotify and And the podcast app, iTunes, whatever you want to call it. It's on your iPhone. Uh, We got a very special guest. Very special guest, Attorney Bill Brady. What's up? How you doing? I'm doing well. What's going on, Bill? We're going good. We're good. Thank Thank you for coming. You're welcome. Pleasure to be here. Awesome. Um, Well, you know, obviously uh, the, the the focus that we rely on is relationships and dating and obviously that, with that comes marriage which is kind of uh what you focus on right well not marriages but again divorces which a lot of times do happen with marriages so we wanted to bring you on the show um and kind of talk about your profession you know who you are obviously but kind of what you do when you do divorce litigation is, is what you're doing right Yes, it's mostly divorce, uh, divorce litigation, dissolutions of marriage. Uh, there's other types of family law cases like the modifications of judgments that have happened in the past and um, relocating children, uh, custody issues, uh, domestic violence injunction cases, which are civil cases. and Sometimes they're intertwined with the divorce case. Before we go into all that, just give us a little bit about yourself, um, you know, who you are, where you're from, what do you right. do, what do you, what'd you study, and you know, obviously you, know, you went to law school and all that stuff. Sure. So stage is yours. Please, go ahead. Uh, sure. Uh, I was born in Miami, born in Hialeah. Uh, Get out of here. Yeah. No, wait, what yeah. hospital? A Hialeah Hospital. Oh, oh, no, I was born in Palmetto. Yeah. It looked a lot different back then. It was two stories surrounded by palm trees. It looked like you were somewhere... In South or Central America in this photographs. Really? <laughs> really different, drastically different. Um, my grandparents are Italian immigrants. Um, my One of my grandparents on my father's side is Irish. Uh, we lived in Hialeah and in Miami Springs, which is right over the canal. Get out of town. Where are Miami okay. Springs? Uh, my grandparents lived on Quail Avenue. Quail, well, where we're on Quail. Uh, if you go, if you take Quail and it's you the go, behind my parents. Yeah. yeah, you go. If you go east on Quail, you'll run into that big field with all the electrical lines. Oh, oh the the well field. Was, I forgot what it was called. Yeah, and then you'll hit the high school. Then the high school. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah I, I used to, I went to the high school. So I oh, yeah, we you? went. To, that's where I met him. We went actually. to Springs. So we went to Springs. Oh, he great. lived in Springs. So. Yeah. So we're literally two blocks away from from the house. So. My uncle went to Miami Springs. My mother went to Hialeah High. Okay. Miami Springs wasn't wasn't around when she was in school, <laughs> and my grandfather was in politics a little bit in Miami Springs, and they had a construction company. They built most of the houses for Eastern Airlines for the employees oh, wow. of Eastern Airlines. They're, they're all the small little houses in Virginia Gardens and interesting. And the so a little bit that. of history. Yeah, yeah it's cool. Yeah. yeah. But you went to Columbus. I went to Columbus. Yeah. Uh, we moved from um, we moved from Hialeah. Uh, duplex in Hialeah, and then we moved to Richmond Heights, which is over by the highway down south near near Palmetto Bay, Pinecrest area, but it's west. Okay. West. Um, and then we moved from there to what is now Palmetto Bay in like 1978 <laughs> or something. Wow. <laughs> yeah, a long time ago. So my mother was born here. My father's from New Jersey. He came down here. He was in the first graduating class of what is St. Thomas University now. 
Yeah. It used to be called Biscayne College. Gee. So that's, okay. that's my family history in the area. Okay. And what did you go to what did you go to school? You like? graduated from St. Thomas with I did. But your undergrad or that was also your that was your law? Uh, right? that was law school. Okay. Law school. I, I went to undergrad uh, to the University of Florida. Okay. Awesome. Um, oh, similar Gator to Gator um to Ricky. So what okay. made you want to get into law? I mean, is that something that you kind of just you know, kind of passion? Uh, yeah, you know, you know, when I was in high school, I was I was surrounded by lawyers. My father was a private investigator, and he had his own agency, but he predominantly worked for lawyers. Mm-hmm. So his office was like four, four or five blocks away from Columbus on Bird Road, okay, near Eighty Seventh Avenue. Yeah, and yeah. so I would go over there after practice or after school. And hang out there and um, started working, like doing little things in the office, That's you know, funny. and they'd yeah. pay me a few bucks and just watching them, you know, doing their jobs, preparing for trial and putting exhibits together and watching them, you know, with their clients and dealing with their clients. Like it kind of it grew on me a little bit. And, you know, I, I, I got interested in, in, the, in, in the legal field that way. Okay. And what, what, what do they practice? You know, they practiced, um, predominantly personal injury okay. accident cases, but there was a lawyer in there that also did a lot of commercial and business litigation. He also handled divorce cases. Is that kind of how you stumbled it? Like, cause you do, have you always been doing only family law or is this kind of something you, uh, no, at? when I first got out of school, I worked for a small law firm. Um, it was just a sole practitioner and he, um, uh, practiced a lot of employment law, mm-hmm. um, discrimination, sexual harassment, um, and also um, ADA work, Americans with Disabilities. Um, we filed lawsuits against the major schools in town, the major colleges in town. Uh, also a lot of hotels on South Beach to get them to um, follow the Americans with Disability Act, which came out in 1991 or 1992. So there was a lot of violations of those cases. So we sued to have those TTYs put in yeah. At the colleges, um, note takers for deaf students. Um, we 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 worked to have the police departments always have someone on duty who speaks American Sign Language, um, things like that. That's what he was into, and oh that's they were all federal federal cases, okay. some state cases, some federal. But um, I, there was another lawyer in the office who also did family law, and I, you know, I, I got into that as well at a young. Okay. Young stage. I was 24, 25 when I got out of school. And so that's what I did first. So, so you've been in industry for two, over two decades, right? 20 plus years. Been 26 years wow. already. Yeah. And, um, I mean, do you want to, so personally, where do you want to talk about that? A little bit of personal life. Do you want to maybe tell, are you currently dating? What's your, are you married? Uh, I am dating a little bit, not okay. much right now. <laughs> I'm really busy. I mean, there, yeah. is, there is someone of interest. Ah, that's there great, an, though. Someone I'm interested in, that's yeah. So, but is it, I mean, you, you've been married, right? Is that, uh, is that accurate? Yes, I've been married twice, actually. Really? Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. I was, I married um, when I was uh, 26. Uh, my daughter, she was unexpected. We weren't married. Uh-huh. <laughs> we, 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 were, we married following okay. that. And uh, my daughter's 23 now. She's, wow. she's in law school right now. Oh, wow. Awesome. Um, so we, we were married, we were young. How long, how long were you guys together? Did you guys stay together? Uh, we were, we were together for three or four years. Okay. We were together before that for a long time. Right. Okay. But, uh, 
you know, it, it too it, young. We were young. I was, uh, Party you know, she was a teacher. She was making a lot more money than me. You were in UF, <laughs> probably partying it up. Well, I, no, I was back here, but yeah, it was, <laughs> we, we were young. We were both young. And, um, you know, we come from traditionally Catholic families. Mm. So, you know, we got married and right. divorced. And I think my daughter was like three or four at the time when we divorced. So, so you got divorced and then you ended up, how long, how long were you I guess single for until you got married again. I was single for, oof, a, a while for about twelve years. Wow, twelve yeah. years. How was that for you? I mean, you were you got married so young, but you also divorced so young. Was it there were part of you maybe who said, you know, like I'm not even going to deal with this again, especially in the field you you were already. Yeah, were you uh, already were you already working w within a family? Yeah, like with no. At the time, actually, I wasn't. Ah, okay. I wasn't working much in family law. I was working. For, I was handling um uh mostly the employment cases still and um we handled appeals for uh some big firms that didn't hand, didn't want to do their own appeals okay um so no i really wasn't i really wasn't into the into the family law until maybe my 10th year of your as a lawyer so i've probably oh. been doing family law excuse pretty much exclusively for like 16 years okay Interesting. And then you got married again. And how long was that second marriage? Uh, a few yeah. years. Okay. Uh, a few years. She was, she was a lot younger than I was. Mm. Um, it, uh -huh. You know, she's a great person. Yeah. But yeah. it just didn't, didn't work out. Yeah. Do you, do you think that now, especially within the field that you're working in, like the practices, does that kind of uh, hold you back mm. from wanting to revisit another partner and, and to uh, graduate to marriage? You know, it used to. I think. Yeah. You know, this is. Uh, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, because especially you know that being your field of everything yeah. that I'm sure you see, mm. and you know you yourself, you have experience of you know what, you know being married, divorced. Um, it's almost like from all like is there trauma almost of everything that you've seen right. that goes um, on to I, revisit. I, I think I might have post traumatic. Really? PTSD. Yeah, yeah, man, uh, it's a little scary. Well, a ther so a psychologist I, I saw one time told me. Really. Post traumatic stress syndrome from dealing with cases i have to deal with so oh from, my god other true. divorces not no not from my own yeah okay. <laughs> no but i'm sure there's still yeah. a little, uh, there's a translation from what you've seen to oh, maybe yeah. getting back into the field of like oh man i don't you know i yeah. saw this man i don't want to what if that happens to me I don't exactly wanna... right that's tough. That's <laughs> oh, a tough it's tough i've learned to kind of i know it sounds terrible but i, comp I compartmentalize <laughs> i mean you have. I have different boxes that i put things in <laughs> right right you right know? Well, um, just to, just as a mechanism to give to get through. Oh my goodness! To get through yeah, it yeah. sometimes, but you know, I've learned to, to you know, to not, to not have it in, involved in my own life. Trying yeah. to keep it separate. Well, yeah, because you know, all day you essentially you, you deal with other people's uh, problems, right? And so, can yes. often, you have to avoid that it translates into your own life, right? So, absolutely, it could be hard. Definitely, it definitely affects you. But I, you love what you do. I do. I, I sometimes I do. Sometimes <laughs> I do not. Sometimes I hate it. Really? Sometimes I'm in the middle. Right. You know, but it's gratifying to get uh, a, a result. You know, and make a Especially difference in, the in favor. somebody's life. Yeah, it's people are at their worst. You know, sure, they're at yeah. their worst. They're they're stressed out. They're they're anxious. They're uncertain, and and that is all piled onto you because you're there, you're a client. So, um, whenever you can make that better for people to move on, right. uh, you know, it's gratifying. And if you're helping a family stay healthy or get healthy, 
There's a lot of there's a lot of unhealthy things that people are going through. Is that how you like um compartmentalize like from when your clients like sort of throwing everything at you? Is that like how do you maintain that kind of level head and not let it really affect yeah. you? And bury your own. Because I'm sure like um, you get so involved sometimes. Oh, right? when I was younger, I would get so worked up. Right. You know? like, oh, I was really <laughs> I was really yeah, I was really overly angry, overly sad. I wanted to help too much. Right. You know, uh, take it personally, take it, really internalize it. As, as I've gotten older, I've learned to, to, to stay away from it, but to also, you know, have compassion for people. For both sides, I mean, you, you can't, you can't uh, follow. Some, some, sometimes people want to hurt one another in yeah. these cases. Yeah, you just Some lawyers go along with that because it's really? easy because it's just what your client wants, but it's, it's, I don't do that. So. Yeah, how do you tackle that when you get a you know when people come to you because is it one party is there a way is there a middle ground right or, or how often is there a middle ground or do you feel like okay I got to represent my but, yeah. person and then whatever they say goes well, if if the middle ground is somewhere that's fair and it's healthy for the family I'm going to go for that um, dealing with clients um, sometimes you have to let some I have let clients go because. Yeah. Um, I, because, you know, I've given them the message on what needs to be done and how they need to behave and treat the other person, but then they don't, and they have an agenda to, to you know, to, to get back at someone, they'll get it to, to, for a vendetta. Um, so sometimes I'll have to let the client go, or sometimes I, they, they see that I'm going to let them go and they, and they change their, their behavior, but, um, you know, sometimes good people act really badly. Yeah, so, so you, you, realize it. you approach it pretty much with empathy, you know, you want to make sure that it's fair, you know, you don't want sure. to overdo it. Um, so, but there are other attorneys that would say, well, no, we're going to drive them into the dirt. Absolutely. There, there are, there definitely are. A, a lot of lawyers are good. A lot of lawyers think the, the same way I do though, as well. So you think that's a better approach than to just say, well, if my clients is this, so we're going to go for the neck. Yeah, I think you have to look at the the whole the family. Yeah, healthy family. Um, it doesn't it, it, it to advocate for something unfair to sell someone short. It's only going to hurt the, the children that they share. Sure, that's 100%. true. You know, I get, you know I guess when people come out come to you, they're the lowest point, and a lot of times there's a lot of emotions involved. And I think you, part of your responsibility is be unbiased and be like, hey, this is this is maybe what's best, right? Or from a right. Unique from a you know unique perspective, right? Because rather right. than being emotionally invested, you know you kind of do what's I guess legally best or right best for right. family. I think that family law lawyers there should be uh, training uh, to to deal with the mental health issues, to deal with the dysfunction issues, the domestic violence that you have to deal with in these cases. But there is there really there's some. There's some like seminars and continued legal education courses out there, but nothing's really required. I think think I think it should be required because um, a lot of that's not really, uh, n you know, not enough attention's given to it. Right, man. So I mean, you've seen probably a crazy amount of cases and and from uh, disastrous, and even you, you you know, you you've been I guess divorced twice. Do you so marriage in itself is it even do you even is it even advisable is it worth it you know like especially now that there's like this whole movement forwards of people that are just saying what's the point you know I think before right. it was a lot more traditionally uh, accepted now I think it's like oh, whatever well yeah the marriage <clears throat> the marriage rate 
is down. Sure. You know, it's it's been going down for quite a while. And what do you um, think is, is so many different types of families? You could have a family and not be married. Right. Um, you know, some some people think it's too complicated to be married or they don't think it's necessary. Whereas, you know, maybe 30 years ago, that was like, that didn't no exist. One. If you weren't married by 20, you were a failure. Right. right. You, know? and you would not, and the divorce rate was, was, was way, you know, was, was, was a lot lower. So can we also say that the divorce rate now is lower because there are less marriages? Um, I, well, if you look at the number of marriages, the divorce rate might be around the same, um, <laughs> but just there's less divorces. Yes. I guess, I guess you like, could say, yeah. But I think by percentage, it's probably the same. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, but I feel like also back then, you know, people weren't as willing to get a divorce, right? Like people would be married, and it's even when things are bad, it's like, well, you know, like that's my partner. Divorce, yeah, and divorce is pretty much frowned upon. Like you don't, you know, back then you didn't really get divorced unless it's like, right. well, you know, things right. are more things are more progressive now. Right. You know? I think that's um, what it is. Yeah. Me, there's men and women work, husbands and wives work. There's two people working in most households mm. so you know it's it's looked at differently society's changing tremendously right you know, over the past 15 20 years with the with the internet and with <laughs> you know um you know podcasts like this uh, appearing <laughs> at hearings virtually um True. working uh, from yeah. home zoom. Yeah. you know zoom um yeah. you know we'll, we'll have to see what kind of impact that has on on relationships who knows Sure. There's there's a, a reluctancy for for people to to marry, but when they do, they should have their their affairs in order. Um, a lot of divorces happen because of you know financial reasons. You think that that's like the number one reason? Finances, pretty much. But do you think it's because they just don't plan beforehand, or things just collapse when they realize that they may be bit off too much um, more than they can chew? Both for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Both not, not having your order, your things in order first. Yeah. I think a lot of people, they go into a marriage too emotionally, not really understanding the repercussions of the legalities of it and everything that's involved. It's not so much. I love you so much where we should get married. It's what is the point of marriage? You know, marriage it's, you know, it's, you know, it's more, I want to say more religious, you know, in that aspect, because again, I, I really don't understand the whole, like if there's any tax benefits or anything like that. But they even say, like, if you do get married, it's kind of worse for your finances in that aspect. Things don't well, I mean, it's better from an income tax perspective. Filing jointly. It's better. With the family is, you know, you, de you definitely get better tax treatment with the tax code. Eh. But if you weigh uh, the pros and cons of the chance, like, if you know, I guess you don't want to go into marriage like, oh, if it's going to go wrong, right? But ultimately, True. I mean, you have to be. But, but you can't go in there just emotionally because I like you so much. Yeah. I guess we should get married. It's more so. Are we in a position where we feel like this is going to be beneficial to the relationship? Hundred percent, and and I feel like I guess hundred people aren't really as prepared, which is what you were saying. A lot of people get married and they don't know the the depth that the other person has, right? Or they don't have a financial picture, sure. maybe of of everything that's going on, how much this person is really making, and and how much they're spending, their spending habits that all ties down to I guess savings. Yeah, sure. That's you know people who save money and people who don't right yeah. it's, it's the same whether you're married or you're not married uh the one of the good things about being married is that you know if you have two people that have a source of income um you're living under one roof you know you can plan for your future yeah, less rent if you're, <laughs> yeah. rent is cheaper <laughs> yeah it's um i've seen people that have been married for a long time um you know with with the good careers they've had ch kids they've sent their kids to college and 
at the end of the road, they've got a good little fortune put together for their retirement. So, you know, there's there's good things about staying together for a long period of time, like my parents. Right, but if you you I mean you've seen them as clients, then they don't get a divorce, or is that something you just kind of? Um, well, I've seen people get divorced later mm, in life. Sure. You know, some people call them the silver divorce. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they have all kinds of names, you know, nicknames for them. But yeah, sometimes people are married for fifty. I have case now. People they're, they've been married for fifty-one years and they're divorcing, and they but they have real estate and retirement accounts, of and pensions. Oh and, boy, and that's rough. They 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 were able to you know stay together and and, and pool their resources together and. Um, but now they want to cut quit. They want to cut it. Yes. And so I guess the longer that you've been married, the harder it is, right? To get comfortable, right? Yeah, from that aspect, like you know, like especially if you're like a little later on in life, you know, like can go and be single and date again? That's hard. And it's, but it's not just that. It's like I mean, at this point, like what's the point? <laughs> yeah, like we have like a couple of years left before we kick the can. Yeah, that's that's what they think. You know, they they um they want to. Maybe things aren't going well and they're, they're older, but they want to have the last few years to enjoy. But, you know, to go back on that is because when you've been married for so long, like not a pension, the 401k, you've been that married for that long. All that gets it has to legally speaking has to be split. Right. I mean, yes. Um, especially when so, you're at that point. so when you're dealing with assets, um, you've got sometimes there's assets that existed before the marriage. So those are premarital assets. Those would be things that would be carved out that we would give back to that, you know, let that person keep those premarital assets. But then there's assets that they acquired during the marriage. Um, could be, you know, money, could be real estate, could be um, stock accounts, pensions. Even if even if that money that was earned was is assigned to one person. Yes, it's it's uh, like I make my money and it right. goes into an account. But it's, because I'm married, they're now entitled to that money that I've earned. Yes, uh, it doesn't. It, regardless of whose name it's in, whether it's joint ca accounts or your account or your wife's account, um, if it was realized or earned or amassed by interest, you know, um, during the marriage, then it's considered to be marital, marital, a marital asset that has to be equitably divided at the end. If, if they were to, if they were to divorce, um, sometimes we're dealing with like a piece of real estate. If, uh, if on the day you're married, your house is worth, let's say a hundred thousand dollars. Then on the day you divorce or the day you file your case, it's worth two. Yeah, it's worth 500. Um, well that it went up by 400 during the marriage. So therefore it's 200 for her, 200 for him no. or, you know, and, and you know, that's how it's dealt with. But, um, if, if you, if, if some, if one of the spouses owned the house before the marriage, then that first hundred belongs to the, to that spouse, you know? So if, if, but if I buy a property before I get married and then we got married and then, but even if I bought it, but the fact that we've been living together and we're married now, she's get, get, she's entitled to a portion of that property because right. of the marriage. Right. As, as the marriage goes on, the longer it goes on, that property is going up in value. So that's you, you all would have interest. to split. Yeah. Split the, the appreciation. Appreciation. That's the you word. Have to split the appreciation. Really? Yeah. That's how generally it works. Okay. I mean, um, you both have lived there for so long. It's, even right. though you put the down payment. I, well, but if you <laughs> bought the place and it's your place. And then yeah, but you didn't buy it free and clear either. But even, even if you did, even, even if, if you if did. You, well, if you, well. But she's also living there. She's also, you know, putting, you know. Caring for it. 
Yeah, cleaning it, you know, did just like you did do. You, did you get an appraisal on the, on, the, on the day you got married? <laughs> yeah, to right? see what it's worth. Yeah, yeah, you got to do, do all that. Oh stuff. no, you're in trouble. No, no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess it varies by state to state, right? Obviously, you know, like there's different laws in, in, in sure. terms of where you live. Um, so everything you pretty much you, you when you stuff you bring into the marriage kind of is is excluded, right? Depending it's excluded as as best that it can be excluded. Um, let's say you had a large amount of money mm. that you brought into the marriage. Um, if you kept it, if you keep it separate in a separate account the whole time and it's building interest <laughs> and it's it. never mixed. <laughs> nah, that, that's a fight. That's a, that's right, a fight. That, that could lead to a fight. So <laughs> you, you never mixed it up with your other accounts and money. Yeah. You kept it separate. Then you you didn't commingle it. So that means that that money remains your separate money premarital but once you commingle it with other money then it loses its separateness oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's there's a lot of different details little like details yeah. um if you own the house and you you and you deed it to yourself and to your wife like a lot of things or to your husband or to your uh, to your partner um it loses its separateness it becomes like a gift to to the marriage so that's another well, yeah, when we had um, Ricky on, he had said that, that you can own a house and then if you just add like your spouse to the deed, then now like everything is split down the middle, even though you're the one that bought the house, even though that you paid right. for it, that's they now own. It's a presumption. Okay. Mm. It's a presumption that it's marital. Um, I've in all these years, I've never seen anyone overcome the presumption. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can't imagine, you know, I, I can't imagine how to overcome it could have been for convenience or for tax reasons or something like that but it's <laughs> yeah. it's you're you're climbing uh, you're climbing uphill to yeah. try to overcome that it's going to be considered you know a, a marital asset it, the premarital asset is converted to the mar a marital asset and interesting wow i'm looking at, at your website right and um you know there is a couple of things that you file under that you have under you know what you practice um, sure. You know, there's alimony, child support, child relocation, divorce, domestic violence, modifications of prior orders, paternity actions, premarital and postmarital agreements, and same-sex family law. Do you have maybe a preference? Do you have maybe a strong suit, or do you have one that you just hate out of all of these? <laughs> wow. There's got to be uh, some. Let's start with. I mean, do you have one that you do more often than than not, or do they all kind of commingle with uh, each other? Well, the, the, the most common is going to be the dissolution case, the, the action for dissolution, a divorce case. Right. Um, see, but I can imagine like all these other things may tie into it because if then they have children, sure. child support. If one doesn't work, there's alimony or for whatever other reason there is. So, well, you know, domestic violence makes everything more difficult. Um, it used to be that the, the, the domestic violence case was separate from the divorce case. It was a different action. They're still different actions, but what they do, what they've been doing for the past several years, um, they combine, they, they assign the, the, the domestic violence case to the same judge that's handling the family law case. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Makes sense, right? Because right. then the judge gets to see everything. Yeah, the full the picture. picture. Yeah, it's not now separate. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So they consolidate the two cases. When someone goes and files an injunction, automatically the system will consolidate them. There's a consolidation clerk that handles it and if they miss it we, we you know we contact the clerk and they consolidate it so the judge hears it but um the one thing i don't like is when the domestic violence you know it's it gets in the way of handling you know 
the case. Um, it complicates it. How so? Um, well, you know, there's there's people that um, litigate and settle on terms and uh, because of they're intimidated or because they're because you know, of because of the partner that that was abusing them. Sure. Yeah, it happens. Um, my daughter actually put together a, a symposium, um, a seminar program um, for a judge that she clerked for. Uh, she did a really great job, but it, 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 it uh, illustrates the ways that you know, domestic violence will affect the way cases go. That's, that's just a, that happens in maybe, you know, maybe one out of 10. This is rare compared to yeah, it's not, not too not that common, but that's that's something that comes to mind because I don't really hate any of it. Um, right, I some of it's the wrong more, term. No, no, no. But some of it's it, some of it's definitely much more difficult to deal with. Right. Um, you know, we 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 use the word custody a lot. Um, we don't use the word custody that much anymore, but I still do because that's what people understand. <laughs> you know, but in court, we're not we're not really allowed to use the word custody anymore. We're not supposed to. So what's really? the word? Um, Is there a synonym for it? Time sharing. Time oh, sharing. oh, yeah. You said that on the phone yesterday when we spoke. You said time share. I thought you guys actually owned uh, a time I thought share. That's what you thought. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. what you meant too. Well, sometimes we have to divide up the time share <laughs> right. yeah, as an asset. So uh, so actually sharing time right. with like, the child. Right. Sometimes we'll say that, um, you know, the parent who lives, who, who the child lives with mostly, that's how you determine who school district is so we say that's the primary residential parent right but if they're um, together i mean how do you determine if, the, if they live together right? if the, if the yeah. parents live together yeah the parents and live together and they oh, want a divorce how who how does that uh, get determined who has more that time is one of the difficult things really to to determine if both of them feel that you know they want to have the children you know yeah. for more a majority of the time there was, I mean, I don't know if this is it's still the case, but obviously there was a, a big presumption of usually that the, the, the woman, the mother. I think stereotypically. Ha, has more, but legally speaking, has more of a right to be with the child, right? Or is this I mean, stereotypically, I mean, uh, that's always what you see, that the woman's the one, or the mother's the one that, that keeps the, the kid, has, custody has the more kid. time sharing. Is that the way to say uh, it? Yeah, traditionally it was, it, it, it was like that. Uh, it's still there to a degree. Really? Is but there a reason? Much less, you know, it's the, the, the father um, has much, much, much more levity now. Um, now? Oh, for the past several years. And, but, and know, so it's what, what, changed. Things, it's changed since I started practicing. So, so yeah. and what do you attribute? So how come it was like that before? Is it because they were the birth giver or did, were there certain things that said, well, the, we got to lean on the woman's side? Well, um, I think... It's hard to say. Um, oh. You know, we've been we've been slowly trying to get rid of stereotypes, I guess, all across the board. You know, yeah. for the past twenty years, so that's one of the things. Um, I, I, it's one of the effects of it, I think. But um, um, it, it used to be that uh, the mother would have to, the court looked at it like the mother must be with the young children of a tender age. They would mm -hmm. say the tender age. That's a tender year. The father's. You know, it's not equipped for that. We got to wait till the child's six or. But, five what, but or, why? Like what? I what? don't know. It's but really there is no but there's no law in in, uh, in particular. No, it's just like that. just cause. It's, right. Yeah. So there's some judges. Or the, there's some judges that would. Um, the mother would say, you know, the child can't go with them. I'm breastfeeding. 
uh, at that it, age. And right? the judge would say, well, I think you should go buy a breast pump and pump some <laughs> bottles for him to bring with really? him to his house unless you want your child to just have regular formula. Wow. I'm telling you, I've heard it before. I just years. got some balls. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because the, the 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 father, you know, holding a kid, holding a child, feeding a child, um, that's all bonding. It's all part of the mm-hmm. bonding, whether you're the mother or whether you're the father. So True. the courts, you know, they eventually saw that, you know, and, and it's fathers take children at young ages for time sharing overnight. Right. Um, you know, as long as someone's not like unfit, like have some sort of substance abuse problem or are they're dangerous or just so irresponsible. Um, if there's no glaring problem, you know, the, the father, if the father wants it and can, can do it, um, he's going to have significant time sharing, if not 50, 50 with the child, if he, if he wants it, if he shows he can do it. So, so then it could be 50, 50. Oh yeah. If they're could, both sure, equipped. Sure. They can both kind of. Sure. Yeah. I um, think you have to look at it on a case by case basis. Sure. I, I'm, I'm for 50, 50. If it doesn't inconvenience the parties and it's not just to have the 50, 50. Um, if it's, if it serves the children, there's a lot of situations that I would, I would not push for 50, 50. I don't think it's appropriate, but um, you know, there's, there are times when it is. So, so when you have 50-50, right, is there still a need or, or for, let's say, child support, right? I mean, obviously, child support is a very common Ooh. thing. Most of the time, the man pays the woman. But if we're 50-50, why am I paying you, you know? Like, <laughs> well, if the woman if the woman is the breadwinner, the, you know, she'll be paying the husband time. So uh, it goes based support. on finance, your financial uh, yeah. records, obviously, how much you make. Definitely. Making. That's a good question because a lot of people have a, a misconception that, just because they have 50-50, that, that means that there's no child support obligation, but that's not the case. Uh, you have to look at the, we consider the income of each party, then we consider what the daycare costs are if other if someone else has to care for the kids and what the cost is, and then the cost of health care insurance. And then we look at the number of overnights that each person has. Like So the number of overnights will affect the child support. So if someone has 50-50, it's definitely going to affect the support. If, if there's very a small amount of overnights, yeah. child support's going to be a lot more. But um, there's plenty of cases um, where there is 50-50, but there still is child support because of the difference in the incomes. What, is there ever a... Um, how often do you come across where there is uh, there's a divorce... One has to pay child support and alimony to their partner. Is that is that common? Yes, it's common. <laughs> that sucks because so, like your entire income is yeah. now like for it's like you got to pay it all to the other partner. So to well, um, the system is is designed or the the legal system has been developed to the point where. We're reaching a fair result on that, whether it's by settlement or by judges, the judge's decision. Um, alimony is to support the other person to right. bring them up to a level that was close to. It doesn't have to be at the level of the lifestyle during the marriage, but it has to be as, as high as it can be. Um, While still the other fair. person that can provide for it. Yeah, being fair. Um so there's two, the main two factors are the person's need and the other factor is the 
the payer or the payors capacity, ability, right? Capacity, ability to, to pay. It's a balancing act. Mm. Um, so, you know, every case is different. There is no calculation. There's no computer program. There's no statute that tells you how much alimony. Well, someone's got to determine this though, right? Right. So yeah, who's case by case, right? I mean, I mean the judge determines it. He, Without crunching numbers? Hey, by the oh, way, you make this? They do crunch hey. numbers. Oh, but okay. Let me see what it, yeah, they today. Do, they do crunch numbers, but it is there's a lot of discretion. Okay. Meaning that they make a decision. Yeah. And in order to challenge that decision, you have to prove on appeal that there was an abuse of the discretion. And that's very hard to prove. Um, in that in the alimony context that's why there's been so much of a push by the by, by people who believe that it should be codified it should be there should be a system according to the or length formula of or mm. something yeah there it can spit people, something out that will make right. sense the statute would give it a framework but the statute's been up for you know to get to get approved by the legislature a few times now and it's been um, it's been it's been turned it's been it's been denied so um, you know, I have mixed reviews on on pigeonholing each marriage and each family according to the length of the marriage, the amount of money you make, the percentage that this person makes, the percentage that that person makes, because that usually I think we're 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 getting it we're getting close to it with the, with the judge's decision. We're getting close to it at settlement because both lawyers know what the law is and you're negotiating back and forth and you find a middle ground. So I think we're doing that mm. if. If we if we codify it, then I think you're kind of taking away the individual cases, like the things that make each case different. You know, so okay, um, that's fair. You know, I don't know. We'd have to we'd have to look at the statute and maybe make it so that there is a little bit of discretion here and there. But right now, um, that's what makes doing what we do an art and mm. not a science. Sure. You know? that so is true. it's yeah. an, un, it's a little bit of an unknown. So, so, you know, it's, it's sometimes it, it, sometimes it, it scares people into settling the case, whether you're the payee or the payor, you know, who knows what a, the judge will decide. So, you're Oh my of, God. You know, oh, it's exhilarating. Kind of, uh, yeah. It kind of, it, it kind of encourages gamble. the case to settle. <laughs> That's awesome. Sometimes. So, so when it comes to alimony, I mean, so automatically, so who gets it, right? So if, if, if I'm, you know, if I work and I'm, you know, I'm the sole provider financially and, you know, obviously my partner's at home, is she, are they automatically entitled to that alimony if you get a divorce or they're, um, well, it you have could to be, be married for so many years? Well, well, there's different forms of alimony. Like okay. if it's a short-term marriage um, or maybe a moderate-term marriage um, and one person has been out there working, the other person has been caring for the family, or, you know, if one person makes a lot more than the other person. Um, in a marriage like that where it's short or moderate, you're going to have what's called rehabilitative alimony. Mm. Alimony, like like if you were to get injured in, a, in an accident or a sports injury, you need time to rehabilitate to get better before you can start playing the sport again, right? So, right. Um, same concept to get you on your feet, to get you back into the workforce, to get to get you into another living situation. But so that's rehabilitative. What if they abuse and say, "I've been trying to get a job and I haven't been able to"? I mean, there's a lot of people now who they're refusing to go work because they're getting paid more by the government, right, Marvin? 
Not you, but yeah. you were you, <laughs> no, because he didn't have a job for a certain right, amount yeah. of time, and you know yeah. he you you were getting what, what is it called? Fin- I'm thinking financial aid, unemployment, unemployment, unemployment. unemployment. yeah. yeah. Um, oh. But I know I've heard of other stories. Like for example, I saw a post the other day. There was a McDonald's given McDonald's, whatever. But they were giving um, people who were interviewing fifty dollars just to interview because nobody wanted to work at McDonald's. They would rather live off of unemployment. So couldn't that same thing apply? For, for alimony where it's like, well, I'm trying to find a job, but I haven't been able to. Well, um, yes, it is, it is a, it is You've a, seen an issue. Yes. Um, someone who is looking for work, um, has, they, they must keep track of their efforts because they're going to, they may have to show the court that they've been doing their best to get right. a position somewhere and that they're, and that, and that to get, you know, the, the best, uh, alimony or spousal support, from the court, they want to prove that they've been making their best efforts, but they've been unsuccessful. Um, there's a, there's so many different um, considerations. Um, a lot of times, people have to go out into the workforce, but they have the children too, mm. so they're not they don't they're not at a skill level Ooh. where they can make enough money to make it so worth f- not paying someone else to take care of their kids sure. while they're at work. Mm. So sometimes we try to get someone to a new field, job training or, 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 or oh, voca- wow. vocational training um, because the person might not have skills and they, maybe they were home, you know, taking care of. It's crazy. It's like, yeah. is it sounding familiar to you guys? No, <laughs> that was a, that was a scoff. Though. Yeah. <laughs> but no, no, no. Um, yes. As we talk about these issues, you, me, maybe your audience thinks hit home because yeah, they're thinking sure. of, you know, hey, that's me. That's the goal. I mean, that's that's the goal. That's the goal. So, yeah, there's so many different situations when it comes to alimony, child support, Mm -hmm. and taking care of kids. I mean, kids, it's expensive to take care of kids in the right way. So um, when they're used to having a parent at home and that's not happening anymore, and now you're going to have two rent payments instead of one. You're going to have two mortgage payments instead of one electric you know, FPNL bill, you know, yeah, cable it bill. Up. It up. Yeah, you add all that up, um, you're you're still running on the same amount of income, but you have two households for a period of time. It's very difficult, you know, for a lot of people. Um, I had something written down here that I really wanted to ask. Sure. And in terms of, obviously, divorces are messy. Now you're talking about even kids are involved. Let's say, you know, we're here in Miami. We got I got a divorce. You know what? I want to I want to leave. I want to move out of Miami. Right. And I have kids. How does that work in terms of especially now everybody, you know, people are moving, you know, everything is going on, relocating for work or whatever. Who's to say that, OK, like the kid has to stay here and, or, or I can relocate with the, with the child? Like, right. You know, like where yeah. does the judgment come from? Yeah. Yeah. Child relocation here is uh, yeah, one right. of the topics. Yeah, yeah. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, child, relocation. child relocation is exactly what you're talking about. Um, uh, there's a there's a Florida statute. On relocation, there's several factors that the court considers in determining whether to grant a relocation, mm-hmm. um, whether um, whether it's to see whether it's in the best interest of the child. Um, the court wants to protect the relationship that the child has with the other parent, of course. And if you move away, um, more than 50 miles is a relocation. Mm-hmm. Um, if you move away, it's gonna it, it may devastate the relationship with the other parent especially if the other parent has a close bond with them and sees them all the time 
Right. You know, spends a lot of time with them. That's actually one of the factors. Really? Um, what is the time sharing schedule now? Is it followed? I've had cases where um, we, did, we, we, we were able to get the relocation because the time sharing was in writing, but the, the actually following through on the time sharing was very spotty. Not very so, so. So I was like, my argument was, Your Honor, whether she whether whether she lives in Miami or whether she lives in Orlando, is irrelevant. It doesn't doesn't matter because the husband because the former husbands only seen the children an average of two times a month. So, but if if, if on paper yeah. it says that they're doing it by the book. How how does that get identified? Does someone say no? Like does a does a father say, listen, I've only seen him twice this well, month. That you have to present evidence that it hasn't been oh, okay. followed. Okay, you know okay. it hasn't been followed. Got to keep a journal. Got to keep track of the overnights and the times that have been canceled. Because mm. and and then another thing is another consideration is okay, you want to move away. How what can you do to keep the bond between that parent mm. going at the same level? And then the, the person that's relocating, like that example I gave you to Orlando, um, they may propose to the court, you know what, I'll drive the kids mm. down to Miami every two weeks so he can spend time with them. He can take them for the weekends. Um, I'll cooperate. I'll put them on a flight. I'll pay for this. I'll pay for that. And that's one of the, fa that's one of the things that the court will consider also. Um, the court will also consider... You know, a lot of times people are moving away for a job, for a better job, for better pay, for a lower housing expense. We're starting to see that now because you, you all know what's happening in Miami. Everyone's mm -hmm. coming. The housing, the housing. Oh, well, yeah, there is. There's an increase in, in the market, which, I mean, everyone says that there's a bubble. Who knows? But but um, I do know that there's a lot of people from out of state that are moving down here. A lot of even companies, of corporations are, right. are mm -hmm. migrating down here. Right. And so. what are they doing? They're they're overpaying for rent. They're overpaying to purchase. They're they're pricing out the people Us. that live in Miami yeah. to, to, for this housing. So I, I read an article it's actually. Hard. It's tough here. It's getting uh, tough. Yeah, yeah, like a day or two ago, I read an article that they I don't know how many millennials I guess they surveyed, but pretty much the you know with the rates being so low, you know especially during COVID, a lot of them purchased a home, and I would have to look for the percentages, but there a lot of them were saying like you know they did not expect you know. Oh, my, my mortgage my mortgage is too high or the maintenance is too much or I bought a house that was too big or, you know, there's so many other factors because people were just kind of panic buying because the rates were so low right. that now they're realizing, that, oh, I can't afford this. And I think that this is the bubble that we're going to be visiting where sure. people realize that there's they've bit off way more that they can chew because the rates were low and everyone was buying. And, you know, people are I heard that people are actually waiting. They're selling their 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 spot in a wait list. For just to, to be on the wait list to purchase a pre-construction home. And there's something like realtors will buy that that spot and then they'll sell it to an actual person who wants to buy it for mm. a couple thousands of dollars. That's how crazy it's gone here. I could see that combined with the cost of building materials. Yeah, that's true. It's like a dangerous. sheet of plywood went from like four dollars or five dollars to like 70 bucks. Right. Crazy. Right. That's um, ridiculous. So, so people are looking to other alternatives sure. because of housing, because of daycare costs too. When, when, when housing goes up, everything goes up. Mm. All the costs of everything will, will go up in, in our community here. Um, you know, we've been lucky that we've got a lot of tourism. True. But 
let me tell you that the people that work, you know, hospitality workers, they're going to get priced out of the market too. Even, even the rentals that you think are low are not going to be low anymore. Right. I mean, like, even for me, like, uh, the, because where I live right now, man, nonstop people moving in every day. There's no unit available. Like, uh, there's nonstop checked, people moving in. I actually yeah, checked. Yeah, yeah. Really? Available. There's nothing available. When I moved in a year ago, right before, literally March 1st of 2020, uh, half the apartment, half the complex was, was was empty. And virtually now there's, there's no space available. So just to go back to what you were saying, I mean, people are moving here by the thousands. It's it's. But scary. I think the majority of them, I mean, aren't they more? I don't want to say Hispanics, but I know that there's a lot of tourism when it comes from like you know South America, where they're coming here, or, you know, establishing businesses over here. So a lot of them, you know, I feel like they have the money to live here, and they're saying, "Well, I can afford that, so let's just pay it." And then the complexes are saying, "Well, if they're willing to pay this mm. much, you know, we don't have any availability. Let's just we're gonna have to right raise it price. once they leave because someone else is willing to pay for it." Right. Yeah. That's. That's What's the trend. Oh, but yeah. it's scary. I mean, it's. Yeah. I feel like it's. It's turning into like a. a what is it? Yeah. Times Square in, in New York or L.A. Or where LA. It, in or order for you to live in New York, you can't live in the city. You got to live out in the suburbs. You got to live in the Bronx. You got to live in Brooklyn, in order to afford it. In Miami, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, Palm Beach, it's south. It's people from Central and South America, and it's also people from the United States, from New York. And I heard that. York, I know a lot Jersey. of. There's a lot of um. Uh, what is it? I forgot what it was, but. Uh, those big banks, the uh, um, investment banks. Investment I banks. forgot which one it was. Or like just these big corporations from New York, they're just like moving up to like Boca or Palm Beach in that area because they're just trying to, you know, get better, you know, taxes and and even everything else. You yeah. know, the weather is right. another aspect. Right. We don't we don't have a we don't have a state income tax in Florida, so that's <sighs> an issue. And and also some some companies, some of these tech companies that are moving yeah. to Wynwood and to downtown Miami. It's yeah. empty empty spaces oh yeah um, they're getting incentives to move and they're getting really low rent to move in and start so miami's attracting a lot of that too and they need housing also yeah um it, it's so so relocating with children um i think it's going to become easier mm -hmm. to relocate from miami to another part of the country um because of the cost of living it's like uh, flushing everybody housing. out yeah I th i've seen it i've seen it in one i've seen it in in one case I've had recently, okay, uh, where that's a where it's a big factor and it's our main argument. So when you get a divorce, you don't you can't just take your kids and be like, hey, let's, I'm out of here. It has to go yeah. through the the courts. You have, to, you have to send you have to spend send a special notice to the other side. Then the other side has a has a period of time to object to it, and then once they send that objection, file that objection, um, then you have to file a relocation action, or you can just re or you can just file the action. And they have a certain time to, to respond. But it's 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 not easy. But yeah. I do see a little bit of light, a little bit of, it's a little more liberal now. It used to be a, a lot a lot harder, but now because of the financial constraints, it's it's loosening up a little bit. But it's still it's still not easy. Yeah, it's fifty miles. It's not that much. No, it's not much. But um, I actually had a case that wasn't a relocation. It was like 26 miles, but because the traffic conditions are so bad for this particular commute. It like mitigates my, that. Yeah, my argument was that this this 26 mile move is going to destroy my client's time with the kids because he can't make it to school to pick them up. 
yeah. you can't drive them and then they're in traffic they're driving and it's virtually yeah. like it's yeah. more than 50 they, miles they yeah. can't make it to swimming or whatever because and he you know they were living close together in in the east part of the kendall area and and one person moved far away and they, he can't keep his same schedule so we're opposing the move so and the change in the schools too they're changing the and, and so so that would pretty much force either of them to either move closer, closer right 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 like even if you know so we have a kid right. together so no right. you're, you're gonna have to meet me halfway yeah, half. right hi yeah, my, my client owns a home down here he's involved in the community down here he's from here mm. so it would be really hard for him to sell that house and get into another house just to be less than 50 miles away. Just to get close to, just to be up in, in Broward. Sheesh. Uh, near the kids so he can still spend that same time with them. So every case is different. Mm, um, sure. And it's 50 miles, not the route, but uh, right. we, we say as the crow flies. So 50, 50 miles as the crow flies, straight across the imagine. Yeah, so it doesn't, oh. count, it doesn't account for like, you know, maybe a turn or anything. <laughs> right. Like that's like, so okay. 826. <laughs> right, right, right. Just imagine during rush hour, Leaving like oh the Dadeland Mall area, get on 826, get to 836, then take 836 north to I 95. Imagine doing that at 515. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, mind. it's like it's 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 crippling. Yeah, no, I know. You know, so so that's been an issue in some of our cases, and it's you know some of the cases are are different. You know, they're 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 interesting. Wow, fascinating. Um, one thing I've had written down as well was. Uh, I've heard of cases where people get divorces and one spouse is making the other person pay for the attorney fees. Is that a thing? I mean, how how is that even possible when, I guess, if maybe that person isn't working, right? They can prove that they need the financial need to have a um, lawyer paid for? You have good. That's another good question. Uh, the way that the statute is designed is to um, to allow both people to have a good lawyer. So if one person has all the money or is in control of the money or earns the money, the other person doesn't, um, the, the, that other person has to help with the attorney's fees of the person who can't pay. That's so it's, it's based upon the ability to pay the statute so that people can lawyer up and be happy with the lawyer they have. And um, there's, there's claims for attorney's fees all the time. I just had a big hearing two weeks ago on, a, on attorney's fees. Yeah, but people can abuse that because, right, if... if if I don't make the money, but my partner does, and they make a lot of money, and I want to be spiteful, I want to pick the most expensive lawyer I can find. No, but I mean, pay them, would, right? yeah, would, would that actually, yeah, wouldn't that work that way? Right. Sometimes it happens. Maybe uh, you can make the argument for a very good lawyer, right? Right. Or, or what if there's like a, a, a corrupt lawyer and says, hey, look, I'll charge you a little bit more, and then I'll split, and I'll break you well, off so you can get... Well, you I'm know, sure that exists. Uh. I'm sure. I'm, I'm, well, <laughs> sometimes I look at lawyers' hourly rates and I'm like, "Wow, that's way too high for what the client's getting." Sucks. <laughs> 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 like my rates are are can be high, but true. But think about it. I mean, at the end of the day, if you know y the other person were to win, um, no, yeah, then they would have to pay. No, or if you win, they would have to pay your fee. Not even if you win, you could lose and still get fees. So you get screwed either way. <laughs> well, you know, the, the court is there to make sure that it's fair or yeah. to try I to try make sure to make, that it's yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, if, if, if you take a, a really unreasonable, ridiculous position, like something very far-fetched um, that it should have never been done, um, 
the judge could look at that and say, I'm not going to award you fees for that, for all the, that effort, because it was not reasonable. It wasn't done in good faith. Um, the judge could say, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to award you fees, even though you need the fees. And even though he, um, the, he or she has the superior ability to pay it. Um, but you know, if you're taking, if you're taking a reasonable position and you lose, it doesn't mean that you're not entitled to fees. You could still be entitled to fees if you don't have the ability to pay your lawyer. Um, but that's why the, the judges are there to mm-hmm. look at the rate that they're charging, look at the lawyer's credentials and their experience okay. to determine whether the rate is reasonable or not, and to look at the hours, you know, the time spent. Is this reasonable? Is this too high? Is this too low? And then the other side can even bring in another lawyer as an expert on fees to testify that, who pays yes, that guy yeah, yeah. that's oh, more fees that he gets oh, yeah. i've served as a fees expert really? I, ha- I have hired fees experts really? to review the billing and to, to tell me is this, um is this reasonable <laughs> or not as some, sometimes the experts like yes i te- i'm testifying that you know, bill brady's records uh you know i re- reviewed his Accurate. records they're they're you know they're reasonable reasonable time reasonable rate um you know i believe that it's reasonable for the court to order this. Sometimes the other experts like saying, "Oh, I think uh, William Brady's Bill Brady's rate is too high. You know, he shouldn't <laughs> be charging this rate. You know, or or that uh, I, I spent too much time on an item or right, task. right. I mean, sometimes it gets real nitpicky. A lot it of times really it doesn't, like but it. Yeah. a lot of times it doesn't. We can usually work out those fees. You know, once you've been a lawyer for a while, you kind of know the other lawyers and. You know, you, you know, you can work with them and in the long run, not litigating fees, not litigating, um, like temporary support, temporary alimony. And it's probably saves thousands of dollars if you can settle them in a fair way, because those are like a trial. It's like going to trial twice for the same case. Have you ever had somebody come to you with such a compelling story, almost like where you said, you know what I'm. They, maybe they weren't in a financial position to hire you, but you felt, hey, listen, I can do this. I can present, uh, represent them in the I best way. I make that guy pay my fees. And did you maybe, yeah, did you do maybe uh, something for pro bono, pro bono or something like that where you're like. Uh, yeah, I have done cases pro bono where I don't charge anything. Right. Um, I have taken cases that were not pro bono, but they kind of turned into pro bono. <laughs> And I just knew the person wouldn't be able to pay at the, you know, towards the end, but um, it happens. Um, sometimes you look at a case and the person doesn't have the ability to hire you or to pay you, or they can only pay you a small amount of money, but you review the case to know that the other person has that ability to pay you and you hold, you know, you, you, you don't collect anything at the front, but you make a claim in the case and you help the person. So you've actually been paid by the other party, right? And the, yes. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yes. Sometimes it's by settle. You know, we agree to it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's because a judge orders it. Wow. You know, sometimes they'll even liquidate, liquidate accounts, liquidate an asset, force the sale of something to pay lawyers' fees. Interesting. So from from all we've been talking, I mean, marriage is is messy. Um, it can be right. It can Certainly. be. Divorce is, divorcing can be messy. If divorces. Oh, you can't get divorced term. unless you're married. That's true. Well, divorce That's true. is messy. <laughs> so is marriage. 
What's your take on on prenups, right? Like, I feel like some people say it's like a dirty word, you know, like, why would you want to get married and why would you do a prenup, right? Yeah, it's, and it, it, it's I can see how it sounds like a slap in the face. Yeah. Like, oh, why do you want to get a prenup? Right. Right. Um, <laughs> for sure. Uh, it has a little bit of a sting to it. Um, that's why most people that I that I uh, that I prepare prenups for it's a second marriage or third marriage mm. Mm. No, they've learned the lesson and the other person it might be there probably is their second marriage so they've been married they've been through it before <laughs> they understand that life is doesn't you know we can't always anticipate what happens sure. in our lives so you know they're more amenable to, to not to, to <laughs> signing a prenup without having ill feelings about it so very rarely, actually, do I see people. I do see it, but right. it's more rare now. Uh, it's more rarely do I see people on their first marriage signing prenups. It's not. It's not common. It's not common. Yeah. It's not common. On on your but second, people do it. Yeah, people, yeah, people do, do it. it. On your second marriage, did you did you do it? A prenup yourself or or no? No, I did not. You did ah, not. Sucker. Yeah. <laughs> so so okay. So not once, but not twice. Is there is there a there a time on the I, horizon. I, I, I was scared to present her with a prenup. No, really? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I was a little bit of apprehension there. Yeah, right? coming from an attorney himself. I thought know. about it. I'm like, mm, nah, <laughs> it's, it's not going to go well. Man, do you ever uh, see yourself getting married again, though? Um, Who, maybe I do. it's possible. I, I might. I might. I won't. I'm not. I won't say definitely not. I'm the guy to say that right. i guess your divorces haven't been that bad because some people like they yeah, have such a nasty divorce they're like oh you know, never again they haven't been bad um you know they were they were they, they, it was not easy you know there's emotions sure. and sadness you know but do you think that you were kind of able to maybe compartmentalize it because of what you've gone through where you said well you know what let me let me kind of reserve as right. much emotion to right. keep it as fair right. Yeah, yeah. The comp the compartmentalizing, the post-traumatic stress. Say that three times. Yeah, I mean, it's it. hard to say the Carp word. I can't even say it. That's why I haven't said. You it. see, compartmentalize. Compartm compartmentalize. Compart I'm just gonna skip that. That might have led to my divorce. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Compart compartmentalizing. Compartmentalize. Um, prenups. Uh, they in order for them to matter, in order for the court to enforce them later on, you got to make them reasonable. Hmm. You know, you got to make. Them um, the length of the marriage, um, does matter. Um, um, if, uh, if, if someone's together for a very long period of time, the prenup should, and somebody's the big earner, the other person's not, the, the, the prenup should provide for an alimony schedule just to say that there will be no alimony upon the dissolution of marriage. You know, that we weave, we both waive our rights to alimony. That's less likely to hold up after a long-term marriage right. than if you say, okay, if we've been married for five years or more, I'll give you, uh, the payor will pay the payee, whatever, an amount of money, $5,000, $2,000. And then after 10 years, after 15, it's more. Sure. You know, it's, it, it gives more, it gives strength to the agreement. The case. Um, but does that get modified as the years go into it? Because I mean, you never know how long you're going to be with someone, I mean, unless well, you oh, that do well, his part. Well, you could but. you could you could you could change the agreement during the marriage. Then that would be more of a post-nuptial agreement, like after. You right, right, right. Okay. But um, there's a schedule in there that would say it would be a step up. You know, five year. If you're married, if you're divorced between the fifth year and the tenth year, you know, you could say 
you'll pay X amount, the person will pay X amount. Then between 10 and 15 years, if you divorce, the person will say X, you know, pay X amount up. It'll go up a little bit as the years go on. And uh, a judge will look at that and say, well, you agreed to this. Um, you know, you're providing, he's providing you with, he or she is providing you with, with, with X amount. You agreed to this schedule. Um, it's not as, it's not, he's not zipping you or she's not zipping you. Um, I think it's reasonable. I'm going to hold you to it. Hmm. So, but you know, these agreements, they don't follow the statute. They're, they cut against the law in some ways. So that's why the judges look at them. And, and a lot of times they're, they're, they knock them out. They invalidate them, especially as the marriage goes on and on and on as unconscionable, you know, and you know, it's, it's one of those things. If you make it reasonable, it's more likely to be upheld. That's all I can, you know, that's, that's the main, the main, uh, and, and that the person had their own lawyer to review it and they understood their rights. They understood the rights that they were waiving if they didn't sign it. Interesting. Yeah. Does a prenup maybe facilitate the whole, you know, divorce process or anything like that? You know, given, I mean, I guess it depends on what's reasonable that the judge will determine, but, um, well, because I mean, can you, you could, can I guess you fight? Sure. Yeah, because I mean, deciding whether to divorce or not and when to divorce, it could be a factor. No, I'm saying like, let's say, you know, you end up getting divorced, but now you want to claim more. But on the prenup, we agreed on something else. Mm. How would then that take place on, you know, once the divorce is, occurs? Well, um, every every case is different. I mean, how much more, what wealth has been amassed? Is the prenup unconscionable now because millions of dollars are there that like were change there of situation yeah, yeah. you make more money or something like that so yeah, the, that, the uh, judge will the judge will consider that it's not like a breach of contract case where you signed signed like let's you say agreed to this a lease to lease a lease a house and they didn't pay the rent i mean that's a contract you breached the contract here there's a lot of different defenses and and, and positions to take so in, in, in a prenup contract yeah so a prenup essentially is not really bulletproof right it's more no. yeah there's no, no you've holes. seen the movie i forget yeah. the name of the movie but it was the iron they called it the ironclad prenup <laughs> I'm not sure I I f- it was with george clooney i don't yeah. remember the name oh, no. you haven't watched it no um, that's a movie i got he was a lawyer and he had the ironclad prenup <laughs> um but there is none it really there really is none um it's it's on a case-by-case basis to to see whether the defenses will will, will defeat the agreement I had one final question that I wanted to ask. If somebody from somebody in our audience maybe is listening, and, and in terms of uh, child child support and all that stuff, maybe they're listening right now and you're like, man, I feel like I didn't get a fair bargain or fair deal. What are the steps? Because no, I don't want no judgment is final, right? Is there a way for somebody to say, hey, listen, um, I can? Is there a petition you could do, or maybe somebody's listening right now and is like, man, I, I I'm going through something similar, and you know, I want to fight this, right? Uh, so you're talking about child support? Yeah, child support. So, so yeah, yeah, there's you could ask for a modification. Modification. Of child support. Um, you'd have to know, we'd have to be able to establish what numbers were used to, to get to that. Mm. Like what, what were they earning? What was going on at the time that they agreed to that child support? Um, the, ju- the judge in the court approves the child support. Um, Make sure that makes sh- makes sure that it's correct based upon the incomes and the overnights. It's the job of the court to do that, and 
even if there's lawyers, if there's no lawyers involved. So you got to start with that to see what the what the money was that was coming in, what the circumstances were, the daycare costs, the cost of healthcare insurance, things like that. And if there was any material change, like a big substantial change in income or, exactly. in, the, or in the children's needs, mm-hmm. the children's needs have gone way up. Um, you, you can, um, if there's a substantial change in the circumstances around it, you can ask the court to modify the child that, support yeah. number either up or down. Yeah, because especially now with everything that's going on, a lot of people, maybe at the point when the, the judgment was made, they were making more money. Sure. Things have changed, and I'm making a lot less or whatever. And like, listen, I can't afford this. You know, right. let me figure out a way to pay less. You know, right. still reasonable, of course, obviously with right. the needs of the, ch- the children. But I feel like some. Some people go out of their way to make, maybe the relationship didn't work out or whatever, the marriage didn't work out, and they try to make that other person really pay, right, in a way, and be really vindictive when it comes to that. So a lot of times I feel like maybe people overpay, right, or I don't want to say overpay, but, you know, pay a lot, and then maybe they don't make as much money, and then they're trying to get it it adjusted, right? So I guess there is a way for you to come back from that, right? Right. Um, There just has to be a change right. in circumstances that was not voluntary. It has to be involuntary. It has to be un, 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 uh, unexpected. Okay. Um, and uh, it has to be substantial. So, you know, it's, it, you, you got to have those, those prongs satisfied to be able to change it. You can't just change it because you got a bad deal or because mm. somebody took advantage of you or yeah. because you paid it just to, just so, to get it over with. So if you just say you leave your job and you say, hey, or you voluntarily left the job, right? And right. you can go, he can't go to the court and be like, hey, I'm unemployed. No. Right? You can't. You can't. Yeah, you can't. Loopholes. Yeah, right? <laughs> now, th- then How that, much am I paying? Hey, right? I quit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Sorry. No support. Uh, well, that's when we ask, the, we ask the court for an imputation. Uh, we ask the court to impute the, the, the income to him or her. Um, because that's what they should be making, mm, you know. Mm. But or, then they, you know, there's no income where they can garnish like your tax refund, it's possible, and all that stuff, and your wages. If you're behind, if you're behind, right? If you're behind, a lot of things can be done. Right. You, if you're behind, your license could be suspended. Your income taxes could be intercepted. Right. You, um, uh, the uh, you could if if you have the ability to pay the child support that you owe from the past, and you don't. But we can, <laughs> but we can prove that you can, you can be in, actually incarcerated. Wow! And they can like, like a person uh, could yeah, be incarcerated. Yeah. They can like withhold but your passport and stuff like that. They could, your passport could be could be suspended. Jeez. Um, in order for in order for you to be incarcerated, you have to be found in contempt. Which we don't have debtors jail. Like you can't put anyone in jail for for being for not having the money to pay something. Sure. Including child support. But if you can prove that oh. the person can pay it. Don't but they to. don't want to <laughs> when they have a means to pay it. Yeah, yeah it's a but they story. don't. Then the judge will. The judge could order him to be taken into custody, a pickup order, or whatever. Um, and then they set a purge amount. The purge amount would be the amount that the judge thinks you can pay to get out. And then oh. that's what gets you out of jail. Almost like a like a settlement. Yeah, like a settlement. Almost. Yeah, like yeah. let's say sometimes I have people that owe like a hundred thousand dollars and own two childs. No way. Yeah, and then I get um, then I get the judge. They don't pay their support again. Usually, usually you've violated the court <laughs> order a few times before the judge says, "Okay, I'm going to do. It. I'm going to incarcerate him." 
you know, you've got to, you've got to really <laughs> make the judge angry. <laughs> you know, the judge usually on the first one is not going to do that. Put you but, in jail, yeah. Right, but then the judge may see, oh yeah, uh, Mr. Brady wants him to come up with a hundred thousand. I don't think he can do that. <laughs> uh, you know what? But I think he can come up with ten. So, you know, it's not a hundred, but it's something. So yeah, they may take him into custody and. He waits there until someone comes with 10 or he gets the 10 to, to purge himself out of the oh my. So you have to stay in jail until you can uh, produce the funds that the court... Well, yeah, you're you incarcerated. Can. Yes. It's like a bail bond. Yeah, like a bail... Yes, yeah, 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 yeah it could happen. That's rough. It could happen. Um, I'm telling you, you got to pay... People have to pay their child support. Yeah, just, pay, your, uh, <laughs> pay your child support. It's really not that much. It's like Uncle Sam. It's like a minimum, you know. It's the Florida the Florida calculation is the minimum amount of money it takes to to raise a child. But it's based on your income, no? Some people it is based it, on yeah. your income, but it's still, you know, the way that the system is, kids children are a lot more expensive than what child support. True, is. true, true, true. We know, you know, yeah. a lot of people know that. Yeah. I have yeah. one more question sure. that popped into my head. Right. Um. Have you ever had a case <clears throat> where there, you know, you know, divorce was happening, whatever, but then they said, Hey, we fixed it. We want to stay together. Absolutely. Really? Yes, happened. How does how times. does so how does that occur? Because I assume for them to contact you saying, Hey, I want to get a divorce. Right. It's gotta be where like do you as an attorney say, Well, let's talk first, because I, I don't want you to waste my time unless you're charging up front. But because do you really want to deal with someone who they're, oh, I got into an argument with my girlfriend yesterday or my wife yesterday. I want a divorce. Like you would obviously say, eh, maybe you need therapy. Not an attorney right now. Yeah. Um, right. Or so how deep into it? Like if you've had, you know, an experience, if you can share that, you know, what, what occurred? Sure. Uh, well, in a, in a particular case, I could tell that, you know, the, the person was distraught. You know, they were not happy with having to do it. Uh, they wanted to remain married. And I just asked them if they've tried to reconcile. Um, if they've seen a marriage counselor, you know, I recommend some, I recommend a few. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah, I have. So you outsource uh, that? Yeah. Cause I mean, yeah. cause at, at the same time, you also don't want to waste your own time either. Cause right. you want to take on a client that you know, it's you're they're serious about the divorce. Mm. So do you, right. do you kind of like do that first? Like, Hey, have you met this? Like a, almost like a checklist. Like, did you <laughs> No, well, yeah, I'm serious. Did you speak um, with the counselor? Did you go to therapy or anything before? Not, not in every, not in every case. Uh, but the ones that I feel like there's the still something there, right. You know, I do them. ask people, is this what you want? Is this what you want? Are you sure that this yeah, is but what imagine you want? a lot of people they'll just to, say it from emotion at the moment. Yeah. Like, yeah, right. no, I can't, I can't do it anymore. But then they, things change. Feelings change. Um, circumstances change. Circumstances change. I've had people. I've had people work out their marriage and stay married. Really, we dismiss the case. Um, I've asked for a stay, um, where we file a stay, a motion for stay, where the judge would just stay the case and hold it, not, not require us to take any action. It can just sit while the parties attempt to reconcile. Man. So I've done that before. Um, on one occasion, while when we were at the final hearing with my client and the other party was there with their lawyer. Um, and we had a settlement agreement and we had a parenting plan for <sighs> children and we have a final judgment for the judge to enter that day to divorce them. Um, and both of them started crying in court Aww. and they <laughs> hugged and kissed each other. 
and they stayed married. And you're like, man, all this work for nothing. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> I, I bet, I bet Brady's still collected though, yeah, right? Yeah, you he put the work, well, right? You got yeah, the check. He, yeah, we. I'm sure he paid for our, for our services. Yeah, because I mean, you you <laughs> yeah. still put all the work up yeah. front, you know. Yeah, but I, I, because I remember the lo- other lawyer and I. You're getting a little watery eyed. Are you tearing up about this story? No, no, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Screw these people. No, the uh, the other lawyer and I at the beginning of the case were like, yeah, these. I don't know. Did you, it doesn't seem like these people want to get divorced oh you know i don't i think you know there were some issues and they they resolved they resolved them and uh yeah that was that was the story i think everyone in the courtroom started clapping you know oh my god it was like a courtroom full of people because when you have a when you're on that calendar to go in and have the agreement reviewed and the support guidelines reviewed by the judge and then the judge just signs the, the the final judgment right there there are probably twenty or some twenty something cases on the calendar, so you have a full courtroom full of people. Oh wow! For uncontested divorce, it's like a calendar. movie. But it's yeah, it's like a cattle call. We call it a cattle call. Oh yeah, just a lot of people with their names on a list, and you know, so the courtroom is full. Do these things get recorded? This is probably this is they a are good, recorded. This is a, oh man, this is a good plot for a movie. You they should send this to to Lionsgate <laughs> or uh, Paramount Studios. <laughs> no, there's uh, I've, no, there's there's better stories than that. Seen it all. Yeah. I've seen it. Um, I've seen a lot. Have you ever just really sh- quickly, and then we're gonna, I guess, wrap it up. Have you ever seen like the same client twice, maybe multiple oh, times? Yeah, maybe like, a client said, "Hey, I want to." Now nah, we fixed it, and then they come back the next week, or maybe or a couple years yeah. later, or with a, sec- a second marriage, or <laughs> they do go through with the divorce, and yeah. they come back out and didn't work. Hey, again. What's up, Brady? <laughs> yeah. Well, I I've had clients. Yes, I've had I've had clients. Repeat clients. Really? How does that go? I had, I had one client where uh, I I prepared a prenuptial agreement for him. Um, then he divorced. I handled the divorce. Yeah. And then he came back. I handled another prenuptial. I prepared another prenuptial agreement, and um, then also handled his that divorce. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been one hell of a yeah. prenup. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, oh, you did a good job. We come back to you. Yeah, so yeah, there, are, there, there have been some repeat clients. That's wow. hilarious. And sometimes I'll I'll get a phone call from him, and I'll be like, "Oh my, yeah. nah, please!" <laughs> you see that number on your phone? You're like, "Oh shit!" Because <laughs> he got married again. Oh, so he's married now. Did you do it? Did you do his I third? Of course, I can't tell you who it is. No, right no, no, it's okay. Did you do his his third prenup? Uh, you know, the third the third time he did not he do, did a prenup. Not do a prenup. He's like, man, at this point, you know, screw it. If it doesn't work, yeah, out, but is shouldn't it? You, I mean, I don't know. Couldn't you have been like, "Hey, buddy." Should we do this the third time? Maybe marriage is not for you. <laughs> we had that conversation after the second one. Oh, my God. <laughs> so what did you what did you say when he said, "Hey, I'm getting married again"? <laughs> oh man, I just laughed. We both laughed. He's the kind of guy that would just think he would think that I f- would think it was funny, right? You know? <laughs> like he would be mad if I didn't laugh. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, we had a good laugh and and um, we talked about that and I was like, "Good luck." Good luck, bud. Best of luck to him, yeah, right? Godspeed. Well, yeah. all right. So before we we go wrap it up, I and mean, we're gonna take some pictures and everything. Not yet, but hold on. Hold that thought. Uh, we we do like to have a final thoughts. So for that, pretty much, it's um you can either look at the camera, or you can look at us, and pretty much saying you know final words, so, something that you would probably say to your younger self, or maybe something that you would want to advocate to to someone, or maybe any advice for anyone watching, um life, maybe within your field, whatever it is, um. You know, floor is yours, and as well, please, if you can promote yourself as well, you know who you are, where you work, sure, maybe a phone number, 
stage sure. is yours. However you want to go about it. I can look at the camera. Whatever you want. Okay. Talk to me. You can look at the camera. Whatever you want. Um, well, again, my name is William Brady. People call me Bill Brady. People call me Brady. Um, my law firm is Brady Law Firm PA, and we're located in Coral Gables. We're at 100 Almeria Avenue, Suite 360. That's Coral Gables, Florida. Uh, the phone number is 305-358-7688, 305-358-7688. We do have a website. You can just Google Brady Law Firm, and uh, it should come up without a problem. Um, we, we do, um, uh, I do some consultations over the phone, uh, sometimes in, in the office, whatever people prefer by zoom, uh, at this time also, that's how we do a lot of our, uh, consultations. Um, we have a great staff, um, you know, we're ready to help anybody who needs to, who needs to file a case or just wants advice. Um, in closing, I would say that, um, you know, before before marrying, um, I think you need to have your affairs in order like we talked about before. Um, you need to have a plan. Um, you need to find someone you really enjoy being with. Um, if you're going to have children, financial planning is very important. Um, and if it doesn't work out, um, if you have children, just treat the other person with respect. And uh, that's, that's what I would say. Beautiful. Awesome. Thank sure. you so much, and Bill. If it goes south, you guys know who to call. Exactly. Um, Bill, it's been a pleasure to have you. You were tremendous um, and, and very insightful. Yes. So with that being said, it is time to break up. And uh, so, yeah, Bill, thank you so much for coming on. Man. My pleasure. Really I, had a, I had a great time. Thanks for having absolutely. me. Thank and, you. and what we love about, you know, what we're doing is obviously, you know, trying to educate help. And, and the, as we go into this whole professional field, of getting experts on, you know, again, the idea is to pretty much share those stories and those experiences to, again, continue educating and you know, spread positive messages and stuff. So, again, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Bill. Thank you. So, uh, before we wrap it up, please remember to like this video, subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe. ring the notification bell, and if you haven't already or you're on the go, you can listen to us on Spotify and iTunes. Follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and the website, thecoffeebreakup.com. Check us out. Buy some merch. Mm. We need more merch. <laughs> buy a lot. And then buy some more so we can make more merch. <laughs> and you can buy some more merch. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Till next time. It was a pleasure. Until next time. Ciao. Till next time.